Welcome to Beside Ourselves Podcast. I'm Danny. This is Josh. And we are here joined together with the big Shakuna, the hey. Twitch legend. Twitch legend, please. <laughs> Give me way too much credit. No, you gotta you gotta talk yourself. Oh off. yeah, yeah. Hi, hi. I'm I'm the big Shakuna. I'm I'm amazing on Twitch. You should totally follow me there. And I'm also on TikTok and Instagram and a whole bunch of other places. There you go. There's my promo. Hi. I mean, you can follow him, but you know he's got so many followers. You know, I, so many doesn't matter. So many. <laughs> I, you you could you could totally follow me on Twitch or wherever else, and I will not even acknowledge your presence. That's <laughs> that's how it I, goes. I mean, I started. I was the other night. Totally I was narcissist. By looking way. at some of your TikToks for research just to get an idea of yeah. like who was going to be on the show, and then I like an hour later, I was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> I was like, like I forgot why I was just watching them and enjoying them, and then I was like, "Oh, you know." And I saw the like the one where you uh, you got the Grail uh, vinyl for uh, our buddy Chris, and yep. uh, and then I like I was I was like, "Oh, this guy's so nice," and I was like, "Chris is crying," and I'm I'm getting a little misty watching Chris cry. I was like, <laughs> "Okay, like yeah, this is I'm excited that I'm excited he's on." So, oh man, yeah. yeah th- well, well, thank you for inviting me on here, guys. Honestly, it's a uh, it's a joy and a pleasure and an honor honestly uh to be amongst such amazing human beings such as yourself and uh obviously uh to join the alumni with chris i mean that's just an, an honor and privilege all in of itself that that man's a uh a, a national treasure as far as i'm concerned next in two weeks i have vinyl stooge scheduled to be on so i'll have my trinity of the three Ooh, oh, oh damn the big tiktok We're hitting vinyl off, dudes yeah. that i think are awesome <laughs> the trinity <laughs> Oh man, just be careful with uh with Vinyl Stooge and his uh his love for the white stripes. He will uh, he'll talk you off. Trust me. So we're his episode. He wants to do um God, what was it? El Camino. This Ooh. is breaking news. I don't even. Oh yeah, I didn't information. Tell you. I don't even know. It, it, we're doing. Uh, let me uh, let me get the, the voice in here. It, it's an it, 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 exclusive. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's gonna that's be awesome. a fun one, and then I'll have all three of you on, and then I can go like down the list of other vinyl because there's a ton of great vinyl tiktokers but oh I feel my like gosh they make great guess. yeah there's a ton of them for sure danny it, one day you'll be on that list i believe in you and it's my podcast <laughs> one, one day i'll be on my own podcast guys you'll see i'll you'll be see. a guest eventually I'll be a somebody. <laughs> you wait i'm mo- i'm mostly a tiktok lurker but i do have like five tiktoks and two of them are of my dog and two of them are about vinyl and then i think one is just something silly so Aww. i'm working on it i'm you a bigger road I mean, listen, my first TikTok had nothing to do with vinyl. It had everything to do with me making this disgusting concoction called Glitter Pea. And it was uh, just as a, as a quick little thing. So uh, on my on my Twitch account, uh, we during the month of, I want to say it's June, we raised money for St. Jude, um, which the entire Twitch community does anyways. And uh, I I used to drink this, like my whole kind of shtick, if you will, was I would drink disgusting liquor whenever like I'd lose something like Dark Souls or like any, any like bad game that I'd play. And, uh, and, and so my community basically told me flat out, like, Hey, you need to start drinking like disgusting liquor every time that you lose. And you got to do it also for donations for St. Jude. Well, it, I used to drink this stuff called Vanique, which was a combination of vodka, Moscato and natural fruit flavors. I'm using air quotes here. Um, and it also had edible glitter inside of it. So it, it literally f- looked like some, something that fell off like a stripper's ass. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> uh, so, um, they, it obviously got discontinued. I wonder why. Um, and then, uh, I ended up making my own and, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not tasty at all. Uh, so, 
So yeah, that was the very first TikTok video I made. And I just kept it up because I was just like, oh, I'll just show this thing off. So that way my community knows that like, I'm not like, you know, screwing with them. And like, I'm not like pulling their leg and I've actually made this stuff. And I'm going to drink it. And then after that, uh, after falling into got countless thirst traps on TikTok, I decided to, hey, why don't I start making stuff about my vinyl collection? Because it's pretty big. And um, yeah, the rest is kind of history from there in terms of the, the TikTok content side of things. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Weird journey. Weird to... journey. What's I started that? making TikToks for work. And then I decided to make my own TikToks on a different account just to see if I could do it. Yeah. And my boss the other day was like, you're doing really good on TikTok. You have like a couple hundred followers on the work one. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know. You, you're really keeping it up. And it's funny because I'm not because my actual personal one, I have <laughs> over a thousand something now. But the work one is still at a meager 100 something or 200 something. Hell yeah. Oh, I, I, I should mean, really work harder. <laughs> work. No, no, no. Here's the thing, Dan. You do not need to work harder. You need to work smarter because if if your if your boomer boss is like, "Hey, you're doing really good. Keep doing whatever it is that you're doing," because he doesn't yeah. know any better. <laughs> it's all, all right. about finding the right thing too. Because Tab opens surprise toys on her TikTok, and she has 160 thousand followers, and Holy I just crap. don't understand it. And she like sees that her TikToks aren't getting as much. So she started reposting old ones. And then those ones were like blowing up again and they're just reposts. I was, I, it's, it's wild. I don't know. So <laughs> dude, it's the internet, man. It, it's, it's, cr I've seen crazier things happen. So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, uh, I said this on, um, on, uh, I don't know if I can pr plug other podcasts, but, uh, yeah, on, sure. vinyl, on vinyl stooges and, uh, chicken and waffles forever. Uh, Chris's podcast, uh, dead wax. We were talking about just content creation and just how like, especially with TikTok, the entire landscape of how you make content has completely changed. It used to be like back in the day, if you wanted to be like popular on YouTube, and I'm not even talking like pre-YouTube, but like kind of like middle of the road YouTube, um, like 2006 on more or less, um, you didn't need to have like an expensive camera rig and know someone who worked in Hollywood or, or New York or something like that. Like you could literally just, uh, with TikTok now, you can literally just turn on your phone and just, say whatever it is that you want and you're going to find a niche that's going to connect to it whether yeah. it's you know you're doing something about star wars or you're doing something about vinyl or you're doing something about underwater basket weaving i don't know you insert thing here in the blank right um but there's an audience for it and it's so weird that like a kid's dancing app has kind of evolved into being like the next revolution in in viral video media as as far as i'm concerned it's it's bananas absolutely nuts it's wild yeah, it's, it's wild yeah mm -hmm. so we're here to talk about an album oh yeah we are yeah, <laughs> yeah we are we're here to talk about the i keep saying the it's just new radicals maybe you've been brainwashed too absolutely what year did this come out 1998 uh, 98 oh 98. god yeah so uh tail end of the 90s um there's actually a ton of backstory about this album by the way too i, I did a little bit of research uh, before we before we got into it, because uh, Dan when approach when Dan approached me about uh, being on the podcast today, he was he was like, "Hey, come up with three albums that you know you want to talk about." And I'm like, "Man, I'm like, I could do like just whatever I'm listening to right now, or I could come up with a theme and then kind of play off on that." And the theme I went with was albums that uh, I listened to when I was in high school. So and and albums that kind of like I wouldn't say necessarily influenced me, but something that I really just enjoyed listening to, kind of as a as a thing to listen to, right? 
Um, and so I gave him three different suggestions and he came up with the, the worst one out of the batch. I was like, I'm like, oh man, he's not going to pick that one. But uh, yeah, sure enough, it is uh, the new radicals that maybe even brainwashed too. I can so, tell you how we got there. We what, got there because so most of what we've, we've done, kind of done the same thing. Whereas this, this show has mostly been like, um, you know, emo pop punk uh, alternative music from when we were either in high school or college oh, okay era, right on that era and so but and then every once in a while we'll be like crap we've done way too many like warp tour albums in a row. <laughs> to, like do something different and so when he sent me the three albums i said well let's not do less than jake because we just did a sky episode nice. and that's just like fits in what what what, what we do all the time and then i said so it's between the, the other two and and then so we just I, th I think I didn't really have a preference either way so that it just kind of between that one and the Our Lady Peace album, we just decided let's do something out of our comfort zone. Yeah, man. That's what it's all about. That's exactly why I chose zone. it, because I already like Our Lady Peace. Like, I know I like Our Lady Peace. So I was like, you know, I only know New Radical singles. Let's go mm -hmm. with that. <laughs> so, okay. So let me give you guys the backstory on this album because I did like a ton of research over the week. Um, so here's here's the, the the story behind it. So New Radicals only had one album, first and foremost. Uh, it was the brainchild of a gentleman by the name of Greg Alexander with two Gs because he's that he's that edgy. Um, so Greg, uh, he, okay. <laughs> he was uh, actually born here in Michigan. Well, I mean, uh, Dan, you're from Michigan, yeah? Yeah. We're both Josh, Michigan. Oh, you are. Oh, right on. I hey, live in Toledo, right but I'm from all three Michigan boys. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Um, so he was from St. Clair Shores. Uh, that's where oh. he was born. Oh, I'm sorry, not, not sorry, St. Clair Shores. I'm sorry, Gross Point. My apologies. Um, so, anyways, uh, he was from Gross Point, and he literally his whole claim to fame was he wrote a record label one day and he was like, Hey, you should sign me. And this was back in the early 90s, and the label was like, Okay, fine. Uh, so he released he he literally got a record deal just off of a letter uh and then wrote two albums that got zero promo uh because it, it was the 90s and there was a lot of shifting going on with just kind of it, we, we were shifting from like 80s hair metal to being like whatever the 90s was going to be back in like 91 92 um so so he, so he wrote a bunch of cringy rock uh that sounded like stadium arena rock from the 80s mixed in with like millie vanilli if that's the best way i can describe it like i listened to like one or two songs from like his earlier work and there's some really cringy stuff in there um as you would expect expect from like the 90s but like by far the, i forget what the name of the song was and it, i guess it doesn't necessarily matter but one of the lines was i am a jew i am a jew and you're my hitler Oh. And yeah, so so it's the second I heard that I immediately turned it off. I'm like, yeah, I'm not listening to that anymore. That that's mm, we're we're going with no there. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, um, so after those two failed albums happened because zero promo, and once again that, um, he uh, he uh, ended up hooking up with a girl by the name of Daniel Breezewell, who was on the show All in the Family. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. So uh, she played Archie Bunker's niece, I believe, like towards the, the very end of the series. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then she ended up, obviously, then um, the two of them got together and wrote like a few random songs here and there. And then he was like, hey, you actually have some good musical talent. Let's put a band together. And they formed the New Radicals. Uh, or I'm sorry, I should, I should say New Radicals. There's no the there. Right, I'll do that too. I know it's it's tough because you, you would always think that you would add in the word the because so many '90s bands had a the in there. 
it, yeah, it's it's kind of like an earworm. Anyways, um, so yeah, they they released that album, and then they had obviously their big hit, which was uh, you get what you give, and then they also had spoiler, a, yeah, it, <laughs> that's that's the song that everyone knows them for. Um, then they also had a follow up single, and then they and then Greg was like literally like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, and stopped the band, and they were only together for a year and a half, almost two years, and he abandoned the project and just and then just walked away, and that was it. So, and uh, I'll have a lot more to talk about after we're done going through the album because there is some really amazing stuff that he did post band um, that actually would probably be very surprising to the both of you, I'd imagine. So, I was surprised when I read about what how his career went after the fact. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you, so you know a little bit there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't. So this will be exciting for me because oh, there I you read. go. Well, well, we'll talk about it after the album then. Uh, after we dissect the album and you guys absolutely hate it so let's <laughs> let's do it I'm in um so yeah so uh jeremy just totally uh covered the basically the the history of the band um the one thing i want to add is that um after you know being together just long enough to put out two hits and then and then disappear they did uh get back together to perform once for uncle joe's inauguration last year yep sure did and i watched that and i'm pretty sure that it was mostly a backtrack and and he wasn't singing <laughs> so here, here's the funny thing i just listened to that tonight as a matter of fact i was i was scrolling through wikipedia just trying to find like anything else like kind of just wrap everything up to have stuff to talk about tonight and then i was like oh crap they got they reunited to do like their, their hit single i have to hear what it sounds like and yeah, Greg looks really, really old. Like I understand, like the '90s was <laughs> like three decades ago now. Holy crap, I'm getting old. Yeah. Uh, but but also, yeah, if that doesn't make you feel old, I don't know what else will. Uh, but yeah, he's looking bad. Like <laughs> like just not great. Um, but yeah, and then like he, there's like a few points where I'm like, okay, he sound, he's sounding decent. He's he's keeping up with you know, uh, with with tempo and everything else. And then all of a sudden, I just I hear what sounds like the studio track. I'm like, okay, maybe he's just using that as like a way to cover up some bad vocals. But no, like half of the rest of the, the song is like nothing but the studio track. I'm like, yeah, he can't hit those notes like he used to anymore, can he? Mm. <laughs> Which God, no man. no shame in that no shame no in absolutely that. not listen listen uh Dan loves Our Lady Peace I just saw them prior to the pandemic so 2019 and uh, they actually opened up for Bush <laughs> of all of all bands if you can believe it I know I can that's actually a, that's, a, that's a 90s concert right yeah it was it was Our Lady Peace Bush and Live of, yeah wow. that's very 90s yeah very very 90s live. that almost sounds like hey they're playing at the casino. Like, like <laughs> pretty for much. free, like pretty much, or, or spend twenty five dollars in the slot machines and you can go to the concert, kind of, thing. Or, or or just go see them at Arts Beats and Eats for free. There you go, yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, actually, they did play Arts Beats and Eats for free once. So, so that, so yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, the he uh he can't hit those uh anymore at all. Like it, it sounds like it sounds like someone just completely stripped out his voice. It's Ooh. pretty. It's it's sad. It, the nineties did. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, he makes it sound like he was doing a lot of drugs on this album. So yeah, yeah, um, that might be part of it. Could be. It's entirely possible. So yeah, there's there's a lot. To, like I said, there's a lot to dissect, and I can give you some more info as we as we go through the album for sure. So Josh, stat sheet. I want to know how much this made. Um. Well, so yeah, like we said, first and only album, Greg Alexander with two G's, Greg and good. it's for the most part 
a solo project besides uh, his one uh, friend from On the Family. Daniel Brisois. Thank you. Um, The rest of the people that were in the band, either live or on the album, is kind of like a revolving door uh, of friends. Or nobodies. Yeah. Um, And then so just to put a real pinpoint on it, it was October 16th, 1998 when it was released. And it debuted at 199 on the Billboard 200 chart uh, and peaked at 41. Really? Yep. Yeah. I thought it went it, higher. No. So that's the interesting thing about this album, and more importantly, uh, the 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 hit, the lead single, or the the one hit wonder, if you will, is that that didn't even chart in the Billboard Top 40, or it did. I think it cracked like number 36. 36. I would say 30, 36 or 38. Top. So yeah, it was it was like very very low. It never peaked anything higher than that. Um, but to this day, like still people remember that song fondly as if it were a number one hit. Screw the billboards. It was on <laughs> TRL for a long time. All right. It was, it Total was Request live had that playing nonstop. They also Absolutely. performed it on all that. Oh, did they really? <laughs> yes, they did. See that. I guess I missed that in my research. Yeah, that it's, it's, it's that popular of a song, but it's, but yeah, in terms of like, uh, billboard sales or like uh, however they determine who hits those metrics. Yeah, very, very low. So I was going to hit this when we got to the song, but since we're already here, yeah, uh, I'll just let you guys know it did hit number one in Canada and New Zealand, top five in the UK, and then yeah, 36 here, and then uh, top 10 US alternative chart, and then um, oh yeah, number, so uh eighth on the alternative songs chart and then um it did 14 on the pop songs chart and 11 on the adult pop songs chart so also hit the top 40 in australia norway sweden belgium the netherlands austria germany and chile chile oh yep good for you chile all right let's get into this beast let's do it maybe you've been brainwashed track one mother we just can't get enough Take it away, man. It feels so good. Got a feeling. We got a feeling. We get a feeling like we could die. I had to get one of those mothers in there. (laughs) Hell yeah, you did. See, yeah, this. This song is so 90s. The piano, the guitar sound are very uplifting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I enjoyed this song. I I is it feel about like sex, though. Is What's it, that? It's about sex, right? Even though he talks about mother nonstop. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with actually no, that's actually more of I mean, well, yes, there's definitely a sexual component to it, uh, but it's actually believe it or not more of a dissection on capitalism, believe it or not. Wow. I'm, I mean, thing. I believe that when we're looking at other, uh, like other more in-your-face critiques later on in the album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the one I will say. You know, we've already kind of uh, let the cat out of the bag a little bit. That Danny and I didn't love this album, but I say one of the th- one of the things I definitely appreciate is the uh, social consciousness in his music that definitely wasn't like uh, in vogue yet at the time. It's like Very ahead of his so. time on, uh, you know, kind of putting those things out or, well, I mean, it obviously had, we hadn't come back around to it being okay. Again, obviously it was like, okay. In the sixties and seventies and then kind of fell out of fashion. And then, so, well, I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, the eighties were pure excess, right? It was, it right. was the whole, the whole idea that like 
taxes were super low, Reagan's Reaganomics, all that other stuff. I mean, and, and trust me, I have my own reservations about that. But anyways, beside the point, um, yeah, we were, we're all riding that high of like the, the late 80s into the early 90s of just like, hey, like we all got a bunch of cash. Like, who cares? Like, let, let's just go. Let's take the whole family to Disneyland. Um, and the one thing I do, and just as you mentioned, I, I appreciate the fact that, that Greg's like, hey, no, things kind of suck. And um, here's the reason why. So, yeah, um, if you'll notice or if maybe you picked it up towards the end, the one thing I actually love about this song in particular is the the spoken dialogue that's towards the end of the track. It's the whole like uh, credit card, please, credit card, please, money, please, money, please, soul, please. Like it's, it's like, oh, OK, hey, like that's that's this critique of excess of the 90s and in like once again late 80s and even mid 80s for that matter of like just people spending money absolutely without or endlessly without really kind of understanding the ramifications that comes along with that so yeah it's it's very much a critique of capitalism in, in my opinion that piece i i i hate to say it, but i couldn't money please i was like money please the uh from parks and rec um, <laughs> and i i do think though i i like that part but i thought that's where the song should have ended right there. Like, I feel like the song went like another 60 to 90 seconds too long. And I wasn't sure like what that Caribbean rap thing that the was going tell on. You there. Yeah. I didn't, I really like yeah. didn't so, really like that too much. So the one thing I you need to understand it. about, <laughs> so the one thing you need to understand about Greg is that, and this is after going through a lot of his back catalog and also a lot of the stuff he did post new radicals what is it's very much like whatever's in his head he just lets it out and doesn't really filter himself that much which is sometimes to his benefit and a lot of times to his detriment so you just have you have to under if you go in with that expectation and knowing kind of the the what pre-lead or precluded new new radicals and what came after you'll go like oh that makes sense the reason why he's doing that because it's just whatever his is on his mind at that point in time yeah this is not a this is not me defending greg by any means <laughs> but i understand like I, i'm trying to like say okay approaching this from a pure art form standpoint i understand why he did that no i like that because i i don't i don't um i don't like trashing anything on this show because it's like hey you made music and not everybody likes the same like and that in itself is impressive and i i don't uh like I don't have a published like album of music that sold records and, and, uh, and like, who Same. am I? Like everyone likes different things. So, but they're, you know, and I don't like some things. Um, Trust me as, as someone who used to be a radio DJ for uh, eight years, I can tell you, I have sifted through my fair share of crap uh, and, and, but the crap by my own standards. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and, but also realizing like, that may be crap to my ears, but that may sound amazing to someone else's ears. Yeah. So it, it's all about putting things into perspective, right? Yeah. So track one, mother, we just can't get enough. I'm still on board. Let's move on to track two. Hold on, I have one. I have oh, one sorry. more. Thing Go ahead. Oh, sorry. So oh shit, yeah, Josh. So I did, okay. I, I did say uh, that I do. I do think like the mother, the mother on the vocal on the uh, the vocals on on the chorus are impressive. He has an impressive range. He does, he does have one of those voices that I don't really like. Like I don't really like Smashing Pumpkins, um, and who, whose voice is very similar. Um, I had that note later in the album. This sounds like Billy Corgan's cousin. Not yeah. quite there, but and, a little. And, and <laughs> yeah, I right? think I think in this this um, I think this song and many other songs, they are a love letter to a previous era of music, and I think some of them really pull it off, and some of them don't. Mm -hmm. um and this song isn't 
like this song is one of the better songs on the album but i do think in a way especially like in the beginning i was like huh this is like kids bob sympathy for the devil <laughs> i mean kind of yeah but like I, I, I was like he's going for a stones vibe on this and he he almost hits it but i feel like he doesn't completely hit it but at the same time like for me you you i feel like when you when you try to do something that's uh a love letter to something else it either hits really good like silk sonic or it's like it misses the mark and maybe you appreciate the the effort but you you know, it misses the mark. So, I mean, in all fairness, weren't we all trying to kind of discover like what the sound of the nineties was anyways, even during the middle of the nineties, like for like the first half of it, it was nothing but sad boy, angsty rock, right? We, you're, right. You're, you're Alice in Chains, your Nirvana's sound gardens, you name them. Right. And then like all of a sudden, like we're transitioning, but also while that's going on, like underneath the bed of pop music, you had like dancey pop. That was like, uh, like LaBouche, and uh, the real McCoy and and all that stuff. There was like that be my jock lover jams. Like, yeah, exactly the jock jam stuff, right? And then, but then it transitioned into the ninety, the late nineties. So we're talking like 97, 98, 99. I think it was kind of like that that dead three years of like not trying to figure out or trying to figure out like what the the two thousands was going to sound like. And I and I think I think if Greg had made this project back in the early nineties. I think, or even even like mid, I think mid nineties. I think it would have it would have hit better. Honestly, it might have like just a couple years earlier. Because I mean, keep in mind, like yeah, you're right. You know, because mid nineties, you had Smash Mouth, you had uh, Sugar Ray, you had you had all the kind of like, hey, it's a beach party, let's fucking party out. You know, it's like <laughs> it. But but it was. I mean, you couldn't turn on the radio and not hear Smash Mouth, Sugar Ray, uh, fucking uh, lit. Wait, yeah, lit. I mean, yeah, there there were so many other bands that were like happened that were just poised at the right time to just appeal to a mass audience. And I think if this project would have just shifted a little bit more, I think it would have uh, worked out just fine. Yeah, late nineties was you were either Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, and NSYNC, or you were in a new metal band, or you were fucking no one, or yeah. pop punk. Pop punk was growing up in the late nineties. 99 enemas uh, yeah, came I, out in I would say yeah uh, i would say early 2000 personally speaking but i <laughs> before mean before enemas state came out no 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 normie knew anything but green day <laughs> hey don't shit on green day all right I'm not, no i'm not okay i'm not. I was like, I'm like don't you dare shit I on green, green day. day you can shit on this album all you want you can't shit on green day <laughs> nope. i will not shit on green day from this era i'll promise you that fair yeah because post green yeah later green day not so much anyway that's beside the point um Dan, did you this have anything else you want to comment on track so one? Long. Nope. Track two, you get what you give. Let's go, baby. One of the most listened. Oh, <laughs> You're the one that wants me to play the clips, I know, man. My bad. Do it. Let me just get to the spot. Josh is going to have so much editing here. It's okay. I always do. It's it's just it's part of the fun. <laughs> you got the music in you. Kind of hurts that he holds that last note so long. I was like, I'm cutting it. No, no, I'm not nope, gonna cut can't it. Can't cut it. Can't yeah. cut it. Can't don't want to cut that last note. This song was on so many of my 90s mix CDs. Like I feel like I it went on different random ones, no matter what the mood was or the theme was. It's just so positive and happy. 
even though the market excellent song yeah and then it's it's weird to think about how much he's throwing shade at Marilyn Manson, Beck Hansen and Courtney Love in his first single on his first album that's ever been anywhere right Mm -hmm. so so actually yeah so go ahead i actually have a very interesting backstory to go along with that so go ahead there well so that whole uh phrase of it the whole like courtney love and marilyn manson you're all fakes run to your mansions will come around kick your asses that was uh greg said in an interview prior so as soon as it got released uh mtv like kind of hounded him for that one like oh how can you like shit on marilyn manson and hansen all these people that like are like the icons of their own genres and he's like, honestly, he's like, I wish people would actually ignore that. He's like, because I was talking about all the other stuff, like big banks, the FDA, uh, the fact that like everyone's siphoning money is out of our wallets. And like, that's the thing that you chose to focus on. Like, I find, I find that very interesting. But um, he, it was like an experiment. He's like, I'm going to put this political stuff right here and then I'm going to talk shit and let's see what they let's see. Yep, what exactly they right. Yep, yeah, exactly but right. The point and, that I'm getting at here is like, I agree with the first half of that verse when he is going after the banks, but then. When you do throw names like that, those big of names, people are going to focus on it. So maybe you're ruining your own message by or throwing maybe, these big names. Or maybe you've been brainwashed too. Oh, I have. Oh, by MTV. Oh. Yeah. See, see, <laughs> see, but I, I think that's kind of the, the fun, wacky wordplay that comes along with this too, because it's instead of focusing on the big problems, right? You, we end up shitting, shifting over to petty drama with with celebrities because we we all love our celebrity feuds, don't we? We do. Well, this See? was this was the era of celebrity deathmatch. It was. It was. <laughs> oh man, I haven't watched celebrity deathmatch in forever. No one has. Uh, <laughs> but it's so good, though. It is, no, it's, it is it's, good. It's it's nineties cheese. You can't you can't say no to that. Um. um go, ooh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Stereo. No, I was just gonna say that they actually I actually found that th- they had some quotes from like the people he you know insulted and. Uh, Marilyn Manson said that he wasn't upset that he said he was going to kick his ass. He was more offended by being mentioned next to Courtney Love. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's um, fair. And Hanson said, like, didn't really care. And they said, actually, they ended up working with him on a song like later on and they like him. And then I guess uh, Beck said that he ran into Greg in the store and Greg like apologized to him. It was like, yep. it, you know, it was just a thing. And it was like a know, public so, apology. Yeah. Yeah. And and Beck was like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I don't care. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so here's some other kind of interesting fun facts about this song in particular. Um, over the course of the time that it was out, a, a lot of um, songwriters and musicians were interviewed about this song in particular. And you two from the edge mentioned that he was jealous that he didn't write it. Um, he said it was that damn good of a song. Joni Mitchell said it was the only song in po- modern pop, at least at that point in time, that actually excited her, which I thought was also kind of an eye opener because Joni Mitchell's a, a legend in her own right. And uh, although this one's a little bit weird out of left field, uh, Ice-T also said it was his favorite rock album of um, of the 90s. Rock album it, or single? Rock rock album. He, he said that was like the, the only thing he was listening to at that point in time. So it was like okay. that was that oh, was like his jam. Come on, don't it's, ruin Ice-T for me. But he said it. He said it. <laughs> I'll pull the clip. If not, I'm not even I'm not even that I'm not even throwing shade on this album in general, but the best one of the 90s. That's that's what he said, man. Such a power, that's, that's what he such said. A wild statement. It's it, I mean, uh, I'll agree that this might be the best pop rock song of the 90s. It's uh, a lot of people have mentioned that it's a song for songwriters um, because yeah. it, it's it's a it's a five minute long track to the uh, actually to the second, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, that doesn't waste a single second of its time like you would think that like towards like the 
I'd, I'd have to look at a, uh, a marker on this to, to understand like where it's at. But I want to say it's like towards the end of it, like where where it's like kind of like, uh, oh, geez. It, it's, Was he crooning? Like, yeah, like, the, the, yeah, that part. Yeah, <laughs> that should have been the end of it, right? But then it, it takes off in a completely different tangent. That's when he goes into the whole like uh, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson, you're all fakes, run to your mansions, and still kept, keeps it going for like an extra 30 seconds. But he realized like he can still keep it going because it still has that positive uplifting beat even though he's kind of sub under subtext basically just shitting on celebrities shitting on capitalism and and just saying you know what who gives a fuck it's going to be all okay let's just let's just party on and just uh and hope for the best right so i also want to say real quick before we get into other tracks yeah that's the instrumental backing of this song is pretty good it is like the piano the drums the guitar because later on, that's not an that's not an opinion I have. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it has just the right baseline at just the right time, the, yep. the right drum fill. I mean, it's literally you could tell that Greg poured his heart and his soul into this song, and maybe not so much in others. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but you could you could definitely tell him like in his it must have been in his own mind. He's like, this is going to be the one that catapults this whole project, and it did technically speaking until he abandoned it. So, you know. I like this song. It's it's pretty good. It's <laughs> that's the, that's the most I'm going to get out of you, Josh. It's it's just okay. Well, I mean, you guys, we've kind of talked about it. You know, it's up the uplifting lyrics kind of um, make it so even if it's kind of a vanilla song, I I, I appreciate what he's trying to do with the lyrics. Um, you know, I when you when I you said the thing about Ice T, I went and looked and s- to see what year Cop Killer came out. <laughs> um, it came out in 1992 so oh okay um, well yeah it makes but, sense you know uh no Ice yeah i don't old man I, I don't have any real uh complaints about this song uh i i think it's a pretty good song and uh um i don't yeah i, have one I don't have anything to add to what you guys already said i guess fair I enough one complaint it's a lie because he says don't give up you've got the dreamer's disease and all that and, like uplifting and being happy and then he breaks up the band yep yeah, don't give up. How about you don't give up, Greg? <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Greg. Greg, Greg, Greg. <laughs> you gave Chris. up. So how do we have hope not to give up? Chris, I'm Caraba, giving up every day him. now. I know. Chris Caraba, don't tell him what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chris Caraba liked our. Uh, we did a uh, dashboard confessional episode, and uh, Chris Caraba like liked it on in- like like the post on Instagram. So oh no, we shit. Just, we pre- it's a gag. We pretend like he listens, and when if we ever talk shit about someone, we say Chris, don't tell him. Chris, don't tell Greg, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't tell Greg. 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 <laughs> All right. Greg. Track there three. I hope you didn't just give away the ending. All right. Hope I Are you an illusion? Or am I just getting stoned? Because I can't take it alone. I'm going to rip off the Band-Aid right away. I think this is a shitty B-side of Savage Garden. I do not like this song. <laughs> Fair enough. It reminds so, me of a Lonely Island skit, the way he sings this song. Like Andy Samberg's, it's like skating around in a roller rink. The right? background music music is like a fever nightmare elevator music. Don't worry, it goes back to songs I do like. I'm just saying this song <laughs> I have a lot of gripes with. It seems like the song's about coke and weed. Maybe he was on drugs while building the structure of this song because... What? Once again, well, as, as I've mentioned before, Greg G-G has whatever comes out of his head is what comes onto the as onto the paper. <laughs> he, does, he he does not edit himself. That's the one thing I'll always say about this. 
I have the different a different opinion, but I'll let Josh say what he's got to say because I, I could see something was on his mind. Um, yeah. So, Danny, there's like a whole narrative about like a lady who's going to be a nun and then she runs away with them and they do all sorts of wild stuff like sell his dad, her dad's body uh, organ body for parts. money and, yep. yeah. you know, doing a porno for cocaine and all sorts of stuff. He's um, big in Japan, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> not the not the only allusion to the size of his penis on this record. Right? Um, and I get what they're trying to do with the first like two minutes of the song where it's like wild and you can't really understand what's going on and there's just like all sorts of ambient sounds and stuff because it's like a song about like a kind of like a long drug binge. Yes. But at the same time, I don't want to listen to two, two minutes of bs to get into the song like, that would totally turn me off if i was like i i don't know if i would listen to it long enough to figure out what was going on before like i could see owning this album and not realizing that there's like a a more to the song because i feel like i would like especially so i was 13 when this album came out so i would have be i would be like skip right especially it's like right after the hit song like nah i'm good skip like um well the, i think we're we're probably close yeah. to the same age right right josh because i well let's see here hold on hold on i'm 36 okay so i'm uh, so I, don't tell anyone but i'm 40 uh anyways that's, um 40s new 30 that's yeah I, I hear that but it's bullshit uh <laughs> my, my back would disagree with you completely and anyways uh so here's the interesting thing that i uh i don't know if you guys did this or not whenever you guys got new albums when you were younger kids but i can tell you right now that at least something speaking from personal experience whenever i got a new album i would literally just skip to the radio singles and then i wouldn't listen to the rest of the album it wasn't until i got into like college even like late high school where i would start to like okay i'm gonna start the first track work my way all the way to the very end and then see if there's other songs that i like but like i would i would own a copy of like Bush's 16 stone and i think the only songs i listened to were like machine head and uh fucking trim uh trim everywhere else is on that album now but like like the one or two singles that were on there and everything else like well they all those most likely suck because they're not on the radio so therefore why should i listen to them so because you paid for them buddy <laughs> i did <laughs> so i think um i i see why you would do that and i totally understand like especially from like a kid's perspective mm -hmm. but i think that um, I didn't do that. And I, and I, I know why it's because most of the stuff I was listening to with my parents mm -hmm. was never like an album album. It was like a greatest hits album. So like every song was a banger. Ah. So then I was like, Oh, you listen to every song. Um, right. And then also like, some How would you not listen to the in, Eagles greatest hits? Yeah. Oh, that hell freezes over. That was the oh. one that, that was in my mom's cars. Like, that, oh shit. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think every suburban mom had a copy of the Eagles hell freezes over on CD. Yeah, I, I would argue that every suburban mom had a copy of this album, honestly. So probably did. That, this is kind of like mom pop rock to me, but uh, <laughs> kind of. this, uh, and a lot of groups, a lot of stuff that I was listening to back then, I was kind of like obsessed with the group. Like, so I, especially at this, so 1998, I was the biggest, at least male Spice Girls fan in the United States, probably. Oh, all right. And um, my first AOL screen name was Spiceman85. Hell yeah. Um, all right, buddy. So no, like, I'm, I'm trying to get every content I can. So I'm, I'm listening to every song on the album. I'm getting the singles so I can get the remixes and the B-sides. Like, I, yeah, I wanted everything I could get. So, well, I got something for you a little bit later on the show that's going to give you a gigantic boner for the Spice Girls. So we'll talk about it later, though. I promise.
Sounds good. So, uh, so talking, uh, talking about uh, track three here. So, uh, so the song's called, I hope I didn't just give away the ending as you were talking about, like, yeah, the first like two minutes or so, you're just like, I would have skipped this. The one thing I appreciate about this song more than anything else, because once again, yeah, it's, it's about doing drugs and getting lost with a, a random person that you didn't know. And then you end up like killing someone and then you're selling their body parts and stuff like that. Weird. Right. The one thing I appreciate about this song more than anything else is that it breaks the fourth wall because halfway yeah. through the song, halfway through the song, he talks about this girl. He's like, oh, yeah, she's super sexy and she wouldn't touch you. And it's like, that may not be true, but I said it just so you feel involved with this song. It's like, whoa, <laughs> wait a second. Hold up. Wait, was she sexy? Tell me about this. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it draws you back in. So I have to give Greg good, good, good. <laughs> the, <laughs> the 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 um the the writing chops to like know like hey this song isn't gonna be as good as my other ones maybe if i find a way to kind of just like trick the audience into like getting back into the song to see if like they can jive along with it um and also to kind of like the the other fourth wall breaking is at the very end he's like i just gave away the ending of the whole fucking song he's like holy shit so, yeah i can't take it alone it's because he's teasing that she dies right whole, exactly yeah. he's like just gave it all i gave it all fucking away holy shit like so that was that was the, the one things i appreciate about that song more than anything else is that it has those fourth wall breaking moments which honestly in in 90s pop I, i'd argue in pop in general you don't really hear like that type of writing style being introduced into to mainstream pop so once again trying something new track four i don't want to die anymore I don't have the lyrics in front of me anymore, so I can never remember how long I wanted to play it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's all kind good. of guessing. I mean, that, that's I mean, that's the end of the chorus right there for sure. Yeah. So I have two opinions on this song. My Hit first opinion it. was I listened to the album straight through, and I think I wrote it even. I think I still have a bad taste in my mouth from the last song because I hate it. But then my <laughs> second one says redacted. I actually do like the song. I just skipped that last track when I listened to it this time. <laughs> I mean, it's a little simple and too on the nose to a point when he's talking about getting over a breakup. Mm -hmm. If that's the actual theme, because, you know, he does talk about uh, things underlining. But I do like it. It's a little slow, but it's supposed to be. It's a slow ballad. But I guarantee I your your opinion would change if this was written in a faster tempo and Fallout Boy is the one that wrote it. Yeah, I agree. Like the yeah. lyrics are good. What 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 era Fallout Boy? <laughs> uh, early early Fallout Boy? No no, no 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 no. Like we're talking like underneath the cork tree Fallout Boy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. like almost early, but not quite. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's but yeah, yeah, my opinion totally changed when I listened to it on its own because like, I went through to like certain songs. And I was like, all right, now that I'm not pissed off from track three anymore i do actually <laughs> like this song it's it's it, yeah it, it definitely uh so the one thing i will say about this entire album as a whole and we can we can talk about it at the end if you'd like but just as, as a quick little aside is the the way that this whole lp is structured i think is very messy i i think it could have been i think it could have been rearranged a little bit better and it would have that song would have flowed out a lot more perfectly if it was towards the end of the track listing I, I, I think it would have been a way, nice way so to kind important. of just just kind of just end it all off on a on a soft somber note and and that's it right like that's where you end out the project so yeah i think the placement in the in the track listing is wrong but ultimately i think it's a good song uh it's not a super strong verse wise no. but the chorus it punches you right in the gut just as it's supposed to and it and it's just it's it's very simple 
Um, nothing too crazy in terms of the wordplay. It's 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 pretty straightforward. Um, but I, I think yeah, I think it would have been placed lower in the track listing. It would have been absolutely perfect. That's always my complaints in a lot of these albums. I always mm-hmm. say track order. It's it's, it's a tough one though. It's because it, the thing is like um, so my dad's a musician by trade. Oh well, he is now that he's retired, but um and his whole thing is like he works with producers and other musicians all the time and they said that's the thing that they always filter because it's not just the artist that's making the judgment call where these tracks go it's especially depending on how much money is behind the project it's you know it's labels interjecting where they feel like they need to uh anr reps um their their own representation like oh no no no, you need to lead it off here because you know it's it's higher up in the list that means more people are going to listen to it i mean it's it's a lot of headbutting going on constantly trying to figure out excuse me um where these songs need to go and nine times out of ten the artist is the one that ends up losing the, the, they because mo- that. because money i always think about that and i know back in the 90s it, it should have been it would have been more important mm-hmm. they always put your lead singles at track three or five normally yep. normally and i feel like back then you should have put them later in the album because people will listen through a little more maybe mm-hmm but because like back then, if you put it track three, oh, I heard my single. I'm done. I don't need to listen to the rest of the album. Yep. Nowadays, Spotify doesn't matter. You can just skip around wherever you want. But back then, True. I feel like putting it three or five is kind of a silly concept. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think. Well, especially I mean, and definitely don't put it number one. Holy crap. Are you kidding yeah. me? You'll, you'll have zero chance of anyone listening to the rest of your album if, if your uh, radio <laughs> single is the first track. <laughs> you just put out a single with a few B-sides. There you go. There, to yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Both of the Spice Girls' first albums, their like their singles were like one, two, and three, and I always thought that no, was so was it really? Yeah. Wow, that I didn't know. That's a terrible idea. I know. Wait, <laughs> I so Wannabe was like number one or number two? Wannabe was number one. Say You'll Be There was number two, and To Become One was number three. Holy like, boom, 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 shit! And it literally like they actually re- they actually ended that song. That album was such a monster that they released like six singles, and it was the first six songs. No, <laughs> yeah. wow. In in the like in release order, yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's it's a good thing that they did well for a while. Hey, yeah. Man, that that's like that's career suicide. If if you would have released in the United States exclusively before like re- releasing across the pond, yeah. That's that's insane. I think the current issue that bands are facing is stop releasing so many singles if your album's only nine or seven tracks long. <laughs> right? Like thinking Please of stop. Angels and Airwaves. Oh my like, yeah, we had the whole released, album. They released a new single like every couple months, and then when the album came out, there's like two songs we haven't heard, and I'm like, well, well okay. not to mention the last single that got released uh, like the week before the album came out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are you doing, Tom? Did it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, maybe just maybe uh, Tom needs to stop going. Aliens after, did it after fucking aliens. Anyways, um, <laughs> he's right, though, you guys. He's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll find out Area 51. I'm, I'm sure they're all waiting there. He has a he has an apartment uh, above Area 51. It's got a cop there. <laughs> way above. Yeah. Yeah, way above. All right. Any uh, more thoughts on I don't want to die anymore? No, the only thing I'll, I'll comment on aside from once again, it's it's obviously it's about a breakup. Um, and it, um, I think if it was written by a different artist or at least taken by a different artist and still written by Greg, I think it would have been a lot more well-received. I mean, the, especially the whole lines, like two months of fun, two years of pain. Like that's, that's ripped out of a page of fallout book, uh, fallout boys playbook, like every fucking day of the week without question. Or, or you could have had like my chemical romance. You could have had panic at the disco, right? Th- those same exact lines and they would hit completely different, but yeah, that's it.
Yeah. His voice made this song sound a little bit whinier than I think he probably intended it to sound. A lot of falsetto um, there. A lot yeah. of falsetto. It's, you know, it's sad. There's cry for help in the chorus. I, I do like that it, when it, it uh, heats up in the bridge later on, like that kind of pulled me like I was I was kind of just floating along and then the bridge kind of actually pulled me into the song a little bit. So it almost sounded like an 80s rock ballad, right? Yeah. Yep. Like like a, like arena rock almost. Oh, he's he's picking things out of the original the, the previous album, Danny. That previous <laughs> album was called Intoxic Intoxifornication. Yep. That's wow, huge. that's the one. Yep. Yeah, it, very, very, very. That's a that's a title apparently. Yep. All right. Speaking so, of titles, yeah. track five, Jehovah made me or made this whole joint for me or for, for you, you. for you, Dan specifically. Yes. That's how that's how much of a mouthful as you couldn't get through. Yeah. <laughs> There's another one of those first. love songs to a previous era song. Right? It's yeah. Yep. So so my, my comments on I'll let you guys shit on if you want to, uh, is that this song would have been perfect if it would if it would have produced in like 1987. Like yeah. just late, late 80s, this would have fit in perfectly with like the 80s pop landscape of its time. Uh unfortunately, it just came out a little way too late. I feel like it could have came out in the 70s too. Yeah, it it, it, it has a little bit of a 70s sound to it as well. Yeah. I'll agree with that for sure. This is our first song that makes me because uh, uh, I've with the what's the song? The I hope it just didn't give away the ending. Obviously, that's a narrative that didn't actually happen. I'm assuming, and One so yeah. Um, Otherwise, this, Greg is going to jail. Uh, statute limitations might be. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but this, you know, was like, is this a real story or is it not? Um, and I wasn't sure when we got here, but then there's there's like at least one more or two more songs where he's talking about a girl who sounds like she was a hippie. And I'm mm -hmm. like, OK, you dated somebody that these songs are about, like because there's too many things that are like fitting together. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but that, I just I noticed that there's a theme here. The girl, the hypothetical girl and several of these songs sounds like the same girl. And so, so I think there, it's a real person. So there were rumors going around for quite some time that him and Daniel Brisois were actually dating uh, during the, the time of this project. That, there's obviously mm. there's no evidence to confirm this, but um, there's a lot of rumors that were circling, circling around that the two of them were, were hooking up. And that's the reason why they had to keep on rotating out uh, band members for when they were like playing shows. So <laughs> it's, it's entirely possible that he may have wrote this entire album about her in some way, shape or form. But the, obviously there's, there's nothing confirming that. I like this song. I liked it better when you two sang it. It sounds like you too. <laughs> right? Um, right. I do like the lyrics. Well, I, the first step to a successful revolution is destroying all competing revolutions. Like mm -hmm. I thought that was like, I like the lyrics in this song and it's an okay song, but it does sound way too much like a U2 song. <laughs> it very much does. But once again, I, I think, I think honestly, like Greg's not a great singer by any means. Uh, at least I don't think he is. I mean, there, there are times where he polishes up for sure. Um, but I think he's more of a brilliant songwriter than he is a singer. And, and that those two distinctions are very, very hard to marry together. You can be an amazing songwriter, but be a really shitty singer and, and vice versa. 
Um, I think it's very, very rare. I mean, like, I know we keep on going back to Fallout Boy for some odd reason, but um, but like same thing. Like Patrick Stump doesn't write half of the songs for Fallout Boy. That that's all. Um, the Pete writes them. Yeah, Pete writes. Yeah, exactly right. So it's, it's like because probably Patrick's not that great of a songwriter, and uh, his solo project would probably tell you that because Patrick Stump's song uh, is is I think it's called like Soul Punk. I think if I remember yep. correctly. Yeah. God, that was a trash album. Like just absolute garbage. And it's like it's because Patrick's not a good songwriter. So. Um, yeah, Patrick's good at melody, and Pete's is the wordsmith. Yeah, without question. Been, yeah, been that way since the beginning. I used to be like a hardcore Fall Out Boy fan, and then they Same. changed their sound too much, and I fell off a little bit. Same. Yeah, I, I think I I fell off officially after Infinity on High. That was the last time I was like, I really love this band, and then like everything passed up. I was like, could I not? Could Could you guys just not make more music? I, can I just remember when? Remember you fondly when you had three amazing albums that were just nonstop bangers. I liked Foley I do. I didn't like Foley I do when it came out, but it's grown on me as as a season more seasoned adult. That's fair. Yeah, the only song I like on that was I don't care. That's that's the only song I could really just jam out to. Everything past that point I'm like <sighs> I loved it all. Screw you guys. <laughs> Danny, I want to try to talk as, about as many other bands during and albums during this as I can. You <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, like I said, it, I, I think if this if this song were written at a different time, it, Jehovah made this whole joint for you would be a whole lot better, a better of a song. And yes, I, I feel like if you two wrote it, that would be good as well. Yeah, yeah. The I guitars. feel like this is one of those throwbacks that doesn't completely hit. Nope. Yeah, the guitars They're, just sound like the edges. It does. <laughs> it so does. Um, now that you bring it up, yeah, it, it very much does. Track six. Yeah. Someday we'll know. Oh, I forgot to get the song ready. Oh, wow. Josh. Now I was on such a up. roll. I was on such a fucking roll. <laughs> I got so much to say about this one, too. I was I was enjoying the conversation too much. Or maybe Josh is because you're falling in love with me. It's okay. Sorry if you want to admit it's it. It's very possible. Looking in those eyes. Look right here. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. Who wants so, to go first? Cheese. So cheese. cheesy. It's, oh. It is. It's super cheese. So this was their second single uh, that was the end of the project and the end of Greg Gugu's involvement in, in it. Um, I think it's because he realized like he wasn't ever going to come out. Uh, he was never going to make another song that was anywhere close to You Get What You Give. Um, but there are some interesting highlights about this song. First and foremost, um, it, it uh, the, the single itself didn't perform great. Uh, it didn't even chart, unfortunately, the top Billboard 100 during the uh, 98. Uh, however, though, this is the interesting thing. It had a shelf life and a longevity way, way past the project's ending. Uh, and I'm talking about like we're talking like 2007, 2008. I think even 2009, if I remember correctly. Um, so first and foremost, this song was featured in the uh, I forget who wrote the book. Uh, but it's it's called uh, the the book's called A Walk to Remember, um, and I can't remember who wrote it, uh, but it got ad adapted into a film that had Mandy, Mandy Moore in it. Yeah, that had Mandy Moore in it. it. Yeah. Oh, was no, that? Kidding, no, I was saying, no, Mandy Moore did not write that book. Shut up. Mandy Moore wrote that book. Uh, Nicholas Sparks. That's it. I just remembered now. No, yeah. I don't know who Nicholas Sparks is. Mandy Moore. <laughs> so 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 uh, so Mandy Moore was in it, uh, and then I think wasn't like the dude from Maroon Five also in it too? 
in the movie. I think Adam Levine was in that movie. Yeah, I think Adam Levine what? was in that movie. Hold up, I'm 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 googling as as we speak. Hang on. Go ahead. Google. Uh, walk to remember. Uh, type faster, damn it. Uh, no, I don't want Chrome. Shut up. While you're searching, I just want to say I hate Adam Levine. Where do I? Uh, re- <laughs> remember cast. Here we go. Boom. Give it to me. Uh, Shane West. Okay. Bada 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 bada. Come on, give me Adam Levine. Give me Adam Levine. Prove I'm right. Please prove I'm right. Uh, why am I not seeing him in the cast? Huh? I you swear to God. He, I swear to God he was in it. He had to have been. Hold on. He was in the glass house. That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, he's in it. Yep, he's in it. He only has it. <sighs> he has a small cameo, a very small cameo, but he's in it. So there you go. Boo. Boo. I know. <laughs> and Adam Levine sucks. I, I'll join you on that one 20 times over. Anyways, okay. So, um, so that was. <laughs> Nope, so bad. also, uh, Greg g- 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 also scored the soundtrack for it, so it kind of makes sense the reason why it's that song's in there. But get this: is that in the in the song or in the in the in the movie, there are two tracks that are listed from the New Radicals or New Radicals, I should say. One is "Mother, We Can't Just Get Enough," uh, which is the first track off the album, and then obviously this one, although it's a an alternate version done by Mandy Moore and the guy from Switchfoot. Oh, yeah. So th- that's something very interesting there. Also, as another fun little factoid, this also got covered by, get this, the band America and also Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates and America? Well, yeah, both of them. Both of them covered that song. Uh, Hall and Oates did it in like 2006, I want to say. It sounds about right to me. Uh, and then America did it about three years later. Wow. Yeah. It, 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 it kept on. <laughs> It kept on well, going they, for. They a really bought a long ticket time. to the end of the rainbow. That's for sure. Yeah, right. It it literally, it's the only B side track or one. Well, I wouldn't say B side. Second single, if you will, that had any type of teeth past, like we'll say, two or three years of it being released. Like, especially for a project that got abandoned within a year and a half, and a band that never put anything else out after that. You can't. I can't think of too many other uh, outside of like a pop. Uh, uh, punk or pop goes punk punk goes pop yeah punk goes pop album or a compilation or any of the rest where they cover songs from the 90s and 80s that it wasn't like ironically was this ever covered wait what was this ever and one of those punk goes pop no nope should have been like by copeland or right yeah oh my god it'd be amazing like if copeland did that i, I would right. be on board that 20 times over yeah so yeah. my opinions on this real quick Greg, by the place we met 97th time today you are a stalker my friend you have issues that you need to work out Uh, i do like this song a lot actually uh the course works for me it has so what you don't know is she's his neighbor and they live on a dead-end street so he literally (laughs) has to go by her house every time how else am i gonna get my groceries home huh someday we'll know why you tried to make bucket hats cool greg Oh man, I meant to mention the bucket hat at the beginning of the episode. Damn it! Right, don't worry. It's our cover art. I already got the album cover. Oh, dope! Cover art done. Is it the three of us in bucket hats? No, I wish. Let me get get myself posed. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the funny story about that one about the bucket hat too. Since since we're on that topic, real quick, Um, I think Greg wore that because he didn't want to be famous and there's probably, and that's probably the reason why he abandoned the project probably because he was getting so much publicity and so much fame off of uh, you get what you give. He was probably at that moment where he's like, I don't 
want to be famous. It's probably the same reason why, like, why Sia uh, covers her her face, why Daft Punk wears their goofy ass fucking helmets, even though they're no longer uh, a project anymore. But I think they still wear them, though. Do they? They probably, uh, probably do. I don't know. They're 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 off at the Kroger one day, and they're just like checking out some bananas. Hey, you're the guy from Daft Punk. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm a robot, but, right? I am a robot. Please give me my avocados. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think the reason why he wore the bucket hat over his eyes is because he's like he just didn't want to be known or want to be famous um, and wanted to be kind of like a behind the scenes kind of guy. I That's think it's what... really because he had a lot of fishing lures that he wanted. To hang <laughs> it also the hat. might be possible. He's a big Do, fisher. I it's mean, interesting, though. You can see it because in the get what you give video he takes it off immediately in the music video and he doesn't wear it the rest of the video yep. but then in every subsequent thing you see the pictures he's got like you can you can basically in everything else he does you can only see his nose yep to his chin like the the hat covers uh, the hat or the shade you know from the hat covers his face it yep. reminds me of like a 90s nickelodeon cartoon character just yeah. like right seeing the bottom half of his face <laughs> you're thinking of secret squirrel Oh yeah, Secret Squirrel. Ooh, Secret Squirrel. Wow. I think it's like Rocket Power. No, that's not Rocket Power. I mean, I'm sure there's another one, but that's (laughs) Secret Squirrel's like the guy. So Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, it's just really sappy. Some of these lyrics I I just can't. I I loved it. All right. It's 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 a a 90s power ballad, man. Just just accept it for what it is. Track seven. Maybe you've been brainwashed too. Oh god. Title Title track. Yeah, you can fade that out now. <laughs> this is going to be interesting because of the look on your face. Because my first note is, this might be my favorite track that I didn't know before. Because it sounds like maybe Western guitar Tom Waits sung by, like, I don't know, Billy o- Beck. Or, yeah, Beck. I actually love this song. The lyrics aren't anything to jump over, but the mixing on this song seems better than the rest of the album. This Fair. Because this... I was going to shit all over this song, but go on. This song... Is his love letter to the thing that showed him he wanted to do music? Do you guys know the story of why he wanted to do music? No, no. actually, I don't. He he went and saw Purple Rain when he was too young to go see it, and he fell. In, he was like, "Oh my god!" And that he's makes totally so trying to be Prince now. in this song, like a hundred percent. I love this song. Like it's well, that makes sense because you love this. Prince. I do love Prince, so that that makes perfect sense. I mean, I love Prince too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, an absolute genius musician. Rest in peace. Um, this one to me, this song just felt like filler. Like I, I, I thought that Greg probably looked at the track list. He's like, all right, I got 11 solid bangers ready to go. No problem. He's like, but I really want to be 12. Uh, and I, cause I mean, it, this is, I think the shortest song on the album, if memory serves, hold on, let me pull up my handy dandy Spotify here. Uh, well, no, no whoa. Okay. This is the longest really song on the album yeah. or one of the longest songs no, on the album. Yeah. I thought, God, then it must have felt like it was a lot shorter to me. I don't know why, but it's there's no there's no lyrical structure to the whole thing. It's just him just falsettoing, <laughs> yeah, just like literally just doing like vocal exercises. At least that's what it felt like to me. It's not like it's a horrible song. It just it doesn't fit the vibe of the rest of the album. At least in my opinion, it, it felt like this one was the the one dud out of all of them. No, maybe that's why I liked it so much because it did not fit in this album. <laughs> maybe but I really like this song. <laughs> 
no dude i'm I'm glad you do because that, that like i said this was the one where i was like oh god they're really gonna shit on this one for sure it's, it's trippy it doesn't it doesn't fit uh and i i like what he's trying to do based on like what i think what he's trying to do but i think i don't think anyone should try to emulate prince because he's prince like true um it's fair and uh oh i did there was an interesting thing though um, and I think it goes along with like what they're what he's trying to accomplish with the song. The lyrics in the booklet for the CD are not the lyrics for the song. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Um, but yeah, I like I said, like I, like rock, what he's dude. trying to do, but I don't think that it hit. Yep. All right. It, track eight in need of a miracle. small piece of trivia this is danny's mom's favorite song <laughs> it might be it might be this is Wait, uh how do you know that this is the, the you might least... be a midwestern house mom if, if, yeah, if this you... is the first song off of um now i call mom mom pop now i call that mom pop <laughs> volume 11 yeah <laughs> so um so this one is once again i i think i i'm gonna guess just premonition here that both mean that danny and i are going to have contrasting viewpoints on this song i think that where he liked the title track probably hated this one and i'm and i actually enjoy this one and hate the one before it um it don't get me wrong it's it's got a pretty weak verse a lot actually the whole all the verses are really weak but it's got a decent enough chorus and it feels very very 80s and and I, i i think i've mentioned this before and if I haven't, I will. I have a huge soft spot for like 80s one hit wonders and 80s pop. Like just give me like Johnny Hates Jazz and yeah. fucking and Cutting Crew and all that shit. I will eat that up like fucking now and laters. This just I feel very, very much at home with 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 uh, the the song structure of this one. You want my opinion now? Oh, I yeah, go ahead. I, <laughs> I know you're going to hate it. You know how to make this song a million dollars? Yeah, make how? it famous. All you gotta do is throw Jesus in the in the chorus like two times. <laughs> this is a Christian rock dribble crap song. Like, this sounds like something you'd find on like Sunday church. I hated this song. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not jars of clay, okay? Just, just like the guitar and piano is jars so of clay is way better than cheesy. this band. Fair. It sounds like something <laughs> the band at the church would play. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. But, I, but maybe Greg that... was throwing something at the wall trying to find, you know, uh, he's like, well, listen, if, if I can't make it in the pop circuit, maybe we'll, we'll reach the Christians. We'll get them there. I mean, just like the South Park episode, all you have to do is throw Jesus's name in and like, like, all I need is a miracle. Like, I could just imagine like 60s moms like raising their hands in their Sunday's best. Like, oh, Jesus, I do need a miracle. <laughs> faith plus one <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um yeah this song's real vanilla i don't know that i hated it i just um i i feel like it's filler just because i i feel like he's already shown that he can he can do so much better um mm-hmm. like i just it feels like he wasn't trying 
yeah the the back half of the uh of this of this album is it's definitely a lot weaker than the the, the front half for sure um however though i think well, I mean, we'll talk more once into the but there's definitely i think a very big standout uh towards the end of this album we'll talk about it later hmm, i wonder if it's going to be the standout i'm thinking of i mean might be might be any other thoughts nope track nine gotta stay high <laughs> Oh, cut off a little bit. Oh, Ooh, sorry. Yeah. You didn't, oh, sorry, you didn't hold off long enough. I thought the song was okay. It reminds me of every other song that you heard on the American Pie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like it yep. has that 90s feel. It's fine. It, it sounds like a rom-com soundtrack song. Uh, escape away your feelings and getting high. Yep, like I don't want to feel anything for anyone else. So I'm just going to get high. This is the pinpoint of the movie right here where the, where the girl dumps the guy and the guy's walking alone by himself. Street lamps are on. And he sees like, and he just thinks about all these images of like the two of them having fun, playing video games, and high fiving each other at the bowling alley. He's like, I mean, yeah, I miss, I miss her. My only note after that was he's an idiot for not selling the rights to the song to like half of the '90s right? rom-coms because that's how you get your money royalties. Right? Well, that's the thing though is that's that's I mean he did do that like this. That's, yeah, that's true. That's that's where he went after this. Um, that's what I would have done. Yeah there's yeah there's there's a lot more about that we can talk about later but yeah so um this to me feels very much like an 80s 90s power ballad uh it, it could have been a, honestly i think it could have been a single if they would they would have kept the project going i think this could have been their third single and i think it would have done well however the only gripe i have to say about it in terms of like a criticism is fuck there's so much falsetto on it like just the, i don't like his falsetto i appreciate I don't that he has the range but it's the same way I feel about Rain Maida from Our Lady Peace. Like I, I feel like it's like I get it. It's his shtick, but it's like eh, I could, I could kind of do without. Like the same thing, like Mariah, like early '90s Mariah Carey, like the whole like uh, giving me emotions, like like crazy, like gr- glass breaking falsetto stuff. Like, like I, I get well, it. She was where... doing that because she's like, I'm the only person that can do this, right? But even <laughs> so, it still wasn't great. It's yeah. not like, oh my gosh, like a, that's just like earth shattering. Like, no, dude, Whitney Houston could show you off any day of the fucking week. Sit, sit the fuck down, white girl. You're all right. <laughs> um. So, anyways, <laughs> weird tangent. Sorry. Uh, Josh, opinions on this song? Um, or any extra opinions? I should say. No, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much it, 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 I, th- I I I actually I was start, I, for whatever reason, even though I, I do agree that the uh, the album starts to drop off a little bit. Um, I was actually starting to warm up to this a little bit towards the end. I do like the like the melody that it has on the chorus, but I agree with you. The, the every time he does falsetto, I'm just like, dude, yeah, let it go. <laughs> tone, tone, tone it down, please. Yeah, no, there, there's yeah, there's a few moments in this whole album that I'm like, oh, God, I wish you would have done that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was lo- I was looking for oh. something. To t- uh, oh, so um, they did have a planned third single, and it was Mother. We just can't get enough. Really, I could see yeah. that. Though. Yeah, That's I could I song. could see that being it for sure. Because have like like some some random background singer going, "Make my nipples hard, let's go." <laughs> That's so weird. 
it, it's so weird but it's i, I don't know i, I fucking dig it I'm i mean like, it didn't it didn't bother me but i was just like why is that there <laughs> because how do you hook them in dude how, how yeah, do you get how do you fucking hook Ooh, them in? nipples okay i'm into this you gotta hook in horny teens man that's your bread and butter that's come true. on in, in 90s true. pop music that is how you hook in your bread and butter it's true track 10 technicolor lover yeah Wanted to get a little bit of that uh, mouth trumpet or whatever. Yeah, the, the, the mouth harmonica right there. Okay. Okay, you guys. This is my least favorite song on the album. Same. I don't want to hear about your pubes, dude. <laughs> I think this could have been an, a better song. Because even though I hate the Casio keyboard sounding drum loop that keeps going throughout it and the kazoo sound mo- mouth vocals which sound like the Muppets, like a bad version of a Muppets song. Right. Man, if the Muppets did the song, it'd probably be dope. Yeah. The lyrics Herman are crunchy. Talk about his pubes. I just don't want to hear Gregory talk <laughs> about his pubes. But the way this song is structured, do you know the band Mika? I do. Yep. A lot of this song reminds me of Mika. Yeah. And I'm like, I, can hear I could see this song being good if it was done better, which I guess is kind of still saying it's a shitty song. <laughs> but I see the potential in this song because... I don't know. Like the Kazooie sounding vocals aren't terrible, actually. Once you get into the groove, I I hate the drums. Do they yeah. even have a drummer, or did he really just hit play on a Casio? <laughs> he, he very well might have. <laughs> Couldn't you get the the like the effect that they did with like with their mouths though with an extra instrument somehow, and then it wouldn't sound like weird. Yeah, you could get it with a kazoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like a real instrument. Hey, a kazoo is a real instrument. I there are people that. that work their lives. That's right. Kazoo players. <laughs> don't hey, don't Ghost talk about does, people play the recorder. Come on, man. <laughs> when Ghost does uh, uh, Zombie Queen uh, acoustic, they he uh, Papa plays a kazoo. See? Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I've got on it. Any so, other yeah. thoughts? Uh, the... It's one of my least favorite songs on the album, honestly. It's like it's it's not a bad track. It's just not my favorite. Um, it, it just it felt like once again, like I know we keep on revisiting this whole idea of his falsetto, but God, it just it feels like it's it's all over the fucking place on this one. And I'm just like, oh, God, I I can't, I just can't. It's yeah, it's just it's not my song. Yeah, I I I mostly focused on the lyrical content that I didn't like, and then. I mean, I don't, and I don't like the kazoo thing. This is another song about a far out girl, though, so um, kind of fits in the, with the thing I was talking about earlier. I think yeah, this right. Is the same girl, um, but yeah, that's yeah. I don't, I don't need to know about your velvet color pubes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Track track eleven, flowers. Pixar didn't happen. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I think this could have been a single based on the power of the chorus. Same. Yeah. Same. 
And Dan, I'm going to assume this is probably the song that you agree is probably the the, the best out of the back half of it. Yeah, I agree. Same. Yeah, I knew it. I knew Same. It. Yep. Great minds think alike. It's got no, yeah. I thought this it's was got a, a good chorus song. melody. That's I mean that's the thing that that's that pulled me out of my funk. Right. It's it's a strong song. It it it's fun. It's goofy. Uh, and 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 I guess kind of I'm I know maybe this is a little too like on the nose, but like pretty for 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 lack of a better term. It's it's got like it's got I wouldn't say necessarily uplifting lyrics, but I mean at the same time it's like doesn't take itself seriously, but it has like a powerful like gut punchy chorus that kind of like drags you back into it, right? Yeah. He, he compares his love to being as real as weed. Right? Like I mean, I guess that's that's fine. Dude, <laughs> I know some people who really love weed. Yeah. I think Same. he's got a drug problem, you guys. <laughs> Which is funny because I look at him and I'm like, you don't look like you've done drugs ever. <laughs> you fucking this poser. This, this fucking vanilla ass <laughs> rich kid from Gross Point. Give me a break. You fucking shit. poser. You haven't done shit. Take off those fucking jinkos, man. You don't deserve to have those. Tell me you're from down river and then we'll sit. <laughs> yeah, we'll right. talk. <laughs> what, you didn't grow up in Lincoln Park, dog? What's up? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's a good yeah. song. And like you said, it's definitely the one of the better ones on the last couple tracks. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it, it's uh, I feel like once again, this should have been placed in a different spot or if the very least should have been the last song on the album to just really just kind of coast it out really nice. I agree. I wonder if it's because the next song. So track 12, Crying Like a Church on Monday, <laughs> Crying Like a ch- Yeah, Crying Like a Church on Monday. Yes, that's correct. God, how much are you gonna play? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, I was letting it finish. Jeez. Bar. Hello, I nail. Thinking, uh, I was Meat also head. thinking. I was like, is he trying to? When he when he hits that, I was like, are you trying to sound like Steven Tyler? Yeah, dude. No, he he's not trying to sound like Steven Tyler. He's trying to sound like. Honestly, I think he's trying to sound like Prince. Uh, well, just because you know the same word they had that. Oh uh, yeah, oh, it, I was crying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. No, I I see where you're going with. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I missed the reference, but I I got it now. We're no we're worries. There. We we we're there. Steven we're there. Tyler is someone we openly talk shit about on this show because of that <laughs> terrible country album we put out. Oh, was that honking on Bobo? I don't know no. what the album was called, but Red White and You was one of the songs, and I played it for Danny, and we both wanted to throw up, and uh, it was a rough time. Yeah, but and I don't I think Danny likes Aerosmith in general, so. I'm not a fan of Aerosmith, to be honest. Oh. I get the appeal. I just don't own enough scarves to truly I, appreciate I like Aer- I like Fair. Aerosmith in general because I grew up listening to them. But, you know, so and my... same same year, 1998. I don't want to miss the thing. Biggest, like <sighs> one was. of the biggest songs. That was Armageddon, man. Armageddon. Uh, yeah. So my introduction to Aerosmith, just as a quick aside, was really with Get a Grip. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was my whole introduction. And I was like, I was fucking sold on that band at that point in time because I'm like, Listen, you got Alicia Silverstone there, and you got uh, Liv. All oh, those videos with Liv and Alicia. Oh my Silverstone God! Or... Yes, please give me more of those. So I was like, you know what? This band could totally suck, but there's enough boobs in here to keep me satisfied for quite some time. Uh, and then, like, I started going to the back catalog, like, like Pump and like, uh, or, or uh, what, what was it? Something Vacation, I forget. Uh, but like, just nothing really grabbed me, and like, so I'm like, 
so I still hold the album Get a Grip in very, very high regard in, in my mind. But everything else Aerosmith's ever done has been kind of like, okay, gonna, yeah, Dream On's okay. Thanks. I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. Uh, I promised to myself we would never talk about Aerosmith on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. You're, okay. My bad. talking too much about it. <laughs> my bad. Okay. Next week. I didn't realize there was a wrap it up button. I got We're it. We're doing big Only ones for Aerosmith. <laughs> um, yeah. This song is one of my, I don't know. I, I didn't I hate not the analogy. I hate the analogy of crying like a church on Monday. Like what, 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 what is that? Because it's sad that no one's there. They were there Sunday. Oh, no, I don't know. I hate it. song though. I mean, it could be, I don't know, but here's, so here's the one thing I will say about this and, um, and not this song in general, but just the album in general. The, the one thing I appreciate about it is all of the fallout boy esque, uh, lyric titles. And I, and you I bring think, up Fall by one more time, I, but it's true though. The okay, our Panic at the Disco does the same fucking shit. It's okay. It's, you can bury that band. I don't care. They, I only like their first same, album. Same fucking deal. They still use long ass fucking titles. Uh, These and, are not long enough to be a Pete Wentz title. I, true. I know yeah, what they need like another but, sentence or two. Yeah, you, you might be right. You might be right. But anyways, like I guarantee you, if one of those bands took the, this title right here and made their own song based on that, I think it would have been a lot better. Past that point, the rest of the song's dog shit. Yes, thank you. I was worried that everyone liked it because I really, really no, no. I, I I skip this one every fucking time. I do think it should have ended on flowers because same. Like we all agreed, flowers wasn't bad. It's good. It's you can it's, do it a eleven track album, dude. You don't have to do this. <laughs> you honestly could have done a ten track album. That that's my opinion. But yeah, that the flowers should have been the ending. If not, it should have been. Um, oh God, what what was wasn't uh. I don't want to die anymore as the end. Yes. Yeah, that would that could have been your ending right there. So Josh, you haven't said anything. What's your opinion on the song? <laughs> oh, I said it was I said it was dog shit. Oh, okay. Well, okay. he said it was dog shit, but I I I don't like <clears throat> there's uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe it has some redeeming like the the chorus isn't terrible, but it the same kind of thing like the I feel like if someone hit the same notes with a different voice, I would have been okay with it a little bit more. But I just the whole analogy that he's building the lyrics on, I I didn't like, and it kind of I I didn't I didn't even have a chance to like the song because I was already coming from a, a <laughs> weird spot with it. So, <laughs> and honestly, well, this is I'm probably hitting this too early, but I I'm glad that we did this album with someone I didn't know already because I I tried really hard to find things that I liked about stuff. And I think if like just you and I did this album, I would have been like, it's shit. I hate it. But yeah, thanks we to having Jeremy on the show. Or, I was we saying, really... like, you guys really didn't come across as like you were just going to shit on this whole thing completely. It, it sounded to me like you actually somewhat kind of enjoyed it. I found things sounds... to appreciate. I don't think I enjoyed it, but <laughs> fair. I can respect yeah. that. It's it's a very it's a very polarizing album. Some people absolutely love it, and there's some people that just I don't think there's a really a happy middle ground. It's either you absolutely love it or you absolutely hate it, and I fall into the camp obviously of the, of the former. Um, but yeah, I always love trying to introduce people to to older albums that they probably never even get, gave a chance because they're too engrossed with whatever they were listening to at that point in time. So I give you guys the credit for actually taking the time to listen to it. I do honestly. I want to thank you because now I I have a new song I like by them because before it was just two songs. Now maybe you've been brainwashed too is another song I'll probably go back to. Hell yeah, man. Which is one you wouldn't have probably recommended to him. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have. I would have not. It would have been Flowers, honestly. It would have been Flowers or the song that actually you didn't like was I hope I didn't give away the ending. I thought that would that would have been uh, right up your alley, but I guess I stand corrected. All right. So you said you had more details for us. Go quickly through it because I yeah, want to yeah, give us the mix. epilogue to super new quick. Radicals. 
Super, yeah, super quick. So obviously, uh, Greg abandoned the project uh, two weeks after the song Someday We'll Know uh, hit the radio airwaves uh, as a promotable single. And he just basically said he did he did a farewell tour speech uh, and, and not even a tour. Like he literally went on MTV and he just he proposed he had a speech prepared and said, I'm, I'm abandoning the project. I'll see you guys later. Peace. I'm out. Uh, and when when asked why, he said that he really wanted to be a behind the scenes kind of guy, very similar to Babyface. Uh, and just write songs for songwriters. Uh, and that's what he did. Uh, and had a very amazing career after the fact. Uh, some standouts, uh, as Josh already alluded to, he wrote a song for Hanson, uh, even after he did, after he shit on them uh, in, in his uh, one-hit wonder, if you will. Uh, he wrote four songs for Enrique Iglesias' album Seven, wrote two songs for Rod Stewart, uh, helped to co-write the song Murder on the Dance Floor by Sophie Ellis Baxter, which was huge in the UK, huge dance hit. Uh, wrote uh, two songs for S Club Seven, and also S wrote two gr- two songs for your girls in the Spice Girls uh, for Mel C and someone else. So yeah, so there you go. So there's wow, your Party Spice is my favorite too. It actually was. Yep. So yeah. So there, so there's your your Spice Girls connection there. Uh, also uh, helped to co-write the, the Natasha Bedingfield song Unwritten. And here's the big one. He wrote the song Game of Love that was Michelle Branch and Santana's song. Oh dang. Yeah. And also won uh, two Grammys for uh, his involvement in writing the soundtrack for uh, Walk to Remember as well. So even though he never got the Grammy nod that he wanted to or maybe didn't want to for maybe even Brainwashed too, he eventually got his awards and also got some songwriting credits and stuff like that. So to this day, still writing uh, a bunch of songs. He's uh, he's on retainer from four out of the five major labels, um, and they just cut him a check every single month and say, just go write music, and that's all he does. So he... Primarily writes music now for uh, UK audiences, for a lot of UK singers and songwriters. Um, and that's pretty much his whole legacy at this point in time. And obviously, we mentioned the whole thing with Joe Biden. Uh, another thing to do, uh, you get what you give for his inauguration speech. And that's been pretty much the the end career of Greg Gugu and uh, New Radicals. There was one thing you missed. Oh, shit. Did I miss something? Yeah. I thought I had was, it all. I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, yeah. Oh, he... Um, crap I, I clicked it. he crapped yes he did yeah <laughs> multiple um, times i'm sure only twice <laughs> um okay so he co-penned songs for the film begin again yes that um, was the one i'm sorry including so it lost Walker. stars which was well no so lost stars he actually the song from begin again was nominated for an oscar didn't win um yeah. but it was nominated yep but so. he did uh he did win uh i forget cool. once yeah He's won a few awards for some of his music, but yeah, but the big one that uh, that everyone will never remember him writing for it, but it was Game of Love for uh, with Michelle Branch and Santana. But yeah, that's that's his jam. Are you ready for your epic guest list mix? Oh man, this is gonna be interesting. I'm excited to see what you put in. All right, hit me with it. Guest mix. End of the show. Greg Alexander. That's right. All right. What's your favorite love song? Oh man. So I, I was thinking about this for quite some time. Um, there's a, there's a lot of them. This one's going to sound like a little too on the nose for me, for probably a lot of people. Uh, but for me, it's a uh, death cat for cuties. I will follow you into the dark. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's depressing as fuck. Uh, but I think it, the, the subtext of it is, 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 is loving someone so much that you will just you'll wander off into the abyss without them or, or wander off into the abyss, not knowing exactly what's going to be in front of you or behind you and just hoping that you end up grabbing their hand somewhere in there. I agree. It is yeah. great choice. It is mm. a great choice. 
this it's a shame that it was like on Great. such a poppy watered down sugary album for them like i would disagree with you but that's a <sighs> conversation for another time fair enough. about plans yeah plans yeah i I'm think about plans, plans is an amazing album but anyways. it is it is but transatlantism trumps it and anything oh, else before it's amazing so here i'll be the villain i saw them live and i was so we're not gonna talk about bored. it <laughs> dude i've seen them 10 times and i love every single time that i've watched them but then again once again completely different musical taste anyways yeah. moving on What's your go-to angry song? Ah, uh, okay. So I couldn't pick out one. I have to give you two. That's fine. Uh, but but two from uh, two different genres. One rock. Uh, the angriest one I can always think of. The like when I'm really pissed off and I just want to like rage out my car. It's Rage Against the Machine. Sleep now in the fire. Like that. Something about that that intro from Zach De La Roca. Just like that primal guttural scream in the beginning of it. Just makes me want to like punch someone directly in the face. Uh, and then uh, on the hip hop side of things. Uh, it's Jay-Z's song Threat. Uh, it's off of the Black Album, and it is solid. It is just like he's he's on a murder rampage, and he does not give a fuck who's in his way. Like, it just like that is like, mm, all right, I love it. It's got like such a, it doesn't even have like a fast beat to it. It's like very low tempo, like maybe 90 beats per minute. And it's just like, oh, shit, you are, you're getting, you're about to get medieval on someone. All right, I'm into this. Let's go. Yeah. Josh, want to ask the next one? Sure. Uh, what is a song that has influenced you the most? And this so, could just be like in any facet of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was actually struggling with this question, believe it or not. Because um, I was like, well, like, is it like some of the first music that I listened to when I was a kid introduced by my parents? Was it something that I discovered on my own? Was it something of like I grew up in college? So I uh, I wrote down one answer because it's the only thing that I keep on coming back to. That's like, I remember this through almost every facet of my life once it came out. Um, and it's Green Day's Basket Case. It's it's the it's the album that I've had <laughs> multiple copies of that either gotten scratched up, stolen or lost on the side of the highway somewhere. I'm sure in a drunken stupor, uh, but it's it's the song I listen to that has the most it. It starts off just kind of just some no one say somber necessarily, but it's very just like almost silent to the point like it's just a guitar. Right. And then all of a sudden the drums kick in, the bass kicks in and it just hits you all in the face. And it's like, man. Like that was that was my introduction to punk, and I and I just I got lost in it after that. I, I tried to find anything else that would come close to it, and like then I started listening to like Op Ivy and Minor Threat, and and going going in the back catalog and listening to like Dead Kennedys, and then and obviously falling down the pop punk loophole like the majority of us did. Um, but yeah, like that was it was Green Day was the gateway drug for me, and that that song will forever be the the thing the song that I will give credit to for my my obsession with with pop punk what's your current favorite song <sighs> changes every fucking day uh but the one so uh small side story here uh on spotify i create a playlist for myself every single year uh, based upon a suggestion from an old college professor of mine and it was create a playlist for yourself every single year and then go back 10 years after you create that first initial playlist and listen to the music that you were listening to and see how much your tastes have changed right so uh, so last year, obviously, I, I made one just as I do every year. And the song that pl got played the most out of that playlist was a, a song by Manchester Orchestra. And it's called Bedhead. It's off their new oh, album. So good. That fucking album destroys me every time I listen to it. It is so well fucking done. And the thing is, I'm going to sound like a gigantic fucking poser because man, uh, I got into Manchester Orchestra with a, a black mile to the surface. Uh, I got into them way, 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 way late in the game. But 
I fell in love with both with that album and this one. And now I'm going back and listening to like some of their, their earlier work. And it's just, God, they're so fucking good. They're really, really good. They are. And that, and that song is amazing. The, the music yeah. video is even better in my opinion. Uh, okay. So uh, let's turn up the heat. What's your all time favorite song? Ah, uh, okay. This one, this one is, I this mean, is a little well, bit of a troll. Cause we know how hard that is. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, you know what though it's it's not this one wasn't as difficult for me believe it or not i was i was racking my brain for a while like i was like well maybe i'll go off of like my spotify most plays, or uh i still have like my original itunes playlist from the very first iteration of itunes and like going through like all my plays through that and like maybe i'll do it like that but i'm like no i'm like i gotta be true to myself and what's the song that like i could i know i'll just hear it and i'm like yes this is it and it's and if you guys have watched enough of my TikToks, you know how obsessed I am with this band. It's Jimmy Eat World Sweetness. That there is, you cannot play that song for anyone that has grown up in the in the nineties and early two thousands and doesn't know that song front to back by heart. And the second that it kicks in, the, like the first intro ten seconds, you're just like, I know what this is. And then as soon as Jim Atkins gets on stage and says, "Are you listening?" and then everyone goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" It's like it just it's an onslaught, and that drum fill. Oh, that fucking drum fill is so powerful. Um, but yeah, that that's that I, I don't think there will ever be a song that will top it, in my opinion. It's, it's amazing. It's, just, it's too we, fucking good. We did an album on Bleed American or we did an episode on Bleed American. Yeah. Yep. Josh, you shit on any of it? Don't tell me you shit. on. No, it. I like Jimmy World. OK, you better not shit on it. No, nope. someday I'll, we're going to do. I will futures. find you. I'll find you. We won't be friends anymore. <laughs> nope i like jimmy no so that's the funny thing about when you pick this album when i was looking at your tiktoks I, so the on first listen i was like oh my god this is so terrible i i, I not was like not looking forward to the episode and then i was like watching your tiktoks and i was like we have so much of the same music taste like not like the all of the 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 pop punk and punk stuff and then i was like you did that episode or you did that tiktok that episode you did that, that episode, tiktok yeah. on like what rap albums you have and i was like oh my god we're like exactly the same in hip-hop and then i was like and then he picked this fucking album like, <laughs> so but no obviously right. i've i've grown just in a week so Aww. what's I'm what's glad. your go-to karaoke song all right, so uh, I couldn't pick one. I have to pick two, unfortunately. So I, I know I'm, I'm violating the rules a tiny nope. bit. It's that's fine. we let everyone bend the rule that way. That's fair. I appreciate that. So you came prepared, which is nice too. It's what I do. Uh, <laughs> so I have to. So one of them I have to be incredibly drunk for, and the other one I can be sober, but I prefer that I'm not. Uh, so the drunk one for me, because I I butch I would I would be doing this person a disservice by singing this song, but I love it so much. Uh, it would be Stone Temple Pilots' Interstate Love Song. That is... Do you do it in song. the voice? What's that? Do you do it in the 90s vowel voice? Oh, yeah. The, the okay. whole like, gravelly... Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, my good. gosh, yes. Absolutely. Um, there's something about that song, like... And once again, random tangent. Uh, but Stone Temple Pilots, the album Purple, is a, an album that has stuck with me for, for as long as I've lived. Uh, and I always find myself coming back to it. And finding something new that I love about it. And this song, once again, front to back, is just absolutely fucking perfect. And uh, yeah, I know that if Scott Weiland were alive to hear me sing that song, he'd probably want to murder me on stage. But I don't care because I, I love that song so much. And the other one, <laughs> another 90s throwback, uh, for me, it's uh, it's Pearl Jam's Black. That that's, that's another one I can do sober and feel like I can do it justice enough. Solid. What? 
one time Danny and I did um oh what the fuck song was it? Nine inch nail song. Is it closer to God? Closer the, or uh, why the fuck I... you like an animal song? Yeah. Yeah, that that's closer. Yeah, yeah. closer. What a time. Yeah, that's closer. What, what a, a time. time when we were lo- when we were young. <laughs> All right, what song makes you want to get up and dance? Oh man, this so this one this one's a bit of a mind fuck, but uh, stay with me. It's Outcast Hey Ya. It, oh, it's why solid it, choice. Yeah, it, it it is. However, though, have you dissected that song before? Oh yeah, we know it's sad. It's it is. Sad. It, we also did an episode on uh, Stankonia. Fair enough. Yeah, so that it goes to show you how much of a brilliant uh, writer or, that Andre Three Thousand is. He. Andre 3000 could write the saddest fucking song on the planet and still make you want to shake your ass to it. And oh, of course. This, and this song fucking proves it. Like, it, it, I, I remember, I remember like listening to the song by myself at one point in time, just trying to like kind of absorb it. And then I ended up going out to the bar that same night and someone else was playing. There's like a bunch of just like drunk white girls just, you know, shaking their ass to it. And I'm like, I'm like, I get it. He says shake it like a Polaroid picture. But do you realize why he's saying that? Do you also realize like I, I was supposed to have been the biggest fucking buzzkill <laughs> at the bar. Ruining it I'm for like, everyone. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, Andre was fucking us the entire time. He was literally blowing our minds. And he's just like, what's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. And he's like, yeah, by the way, my parents uh, got fucking divorced. And uh, I don't really know if I'll ever love anyone like I love my mom. And I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. But it's it's such, anytime it comes out, I'm just like, I just want to jump around and have a good old time. Yeah, we're big Andre stands, so you should be you. because you should come he's out with honestly music. one of the most underrated MCs of all time, as far as I'm concerned. True yeah. hip hop heads know how amazing Andre 3000 is, and if you don't, you're wrong. Yep, 100 percent agreed. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your most unexpected song uh, on your playlist? And this um, this is uh, in place of uh, what normal people would call a guilty pleasure, but we don't believe in guilty pleasures on B side ourselves because you can listen to whatever the fuck you want to. I like that. I, I wish someone would have told me that's what, what the question was supposed to be because uh, oh my bad. I, I should put that spiel in the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. No, that's all right. So I interpret this complete this question completely different then. So that's fine. Um, so so uh, the way I interpreted it was like if someone were to walk into your house right now and like look at your like your catalog or something like that and be like, oh, they would go, hey, why do you have this? This doesn't fit along with the motif of the, the music that you listen to. Right. So in some cases, it's kind of the same question. Right. Uh, so I. I default back to my playlist that I build every year on Spotify. And the one that was kind of the the odd one out, although I think it's fucking gorgeous. And I credit TikTok for this one because um, it's it become kind of an earworm for me. Um, Savage but... by uh, Megan Thee Stallion. No, fuck off. No, it's not. <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion. I, I, I give her credit, but no, definitely not. It's <laughs> it's uh, Telepatia by uh, Kelly Uchis. Uh, she is a Colombian uh singer songwriter but uh the one thing i really love about this song is that it's not only done in spanish but it's also done in english as well and he, and she intertwines both languages as she goes through it it is sexy as all fuck and it's it's one of those songs i think that like someone like you listen to to latin pop why like i don't know it's a fucking good song um and it's it's really really well done so i recommend if you want to something to vibe out to it's totally a just a chill roll up a, a joint kind of song for sure it's really good oh i'll check it out it's good yeah kelly you just telepatia it's it's i can't believe nice. i spelled that right on the first time did you really yeah, yeah. T T E L E P A T I A. it is oh, so fucking good i, I really and she's and her uh her album artwork is very very suggestive too so it's uh it's it's a good look 
What is your perfect concert lineup? Three to five musicians, bands, artists, living or dead, any era. Well, I'm going to piss off one of you, I think. Uh, (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Uh, So, (laughs) No, Aerosmith is not on there. You're you're saved. You're saved. Uh, So this one for me is uh, kind of a somber set list. But, I mean, if these people were still alive, I would totally go and watch them 20 times over. Uh, So... Obviously, uh, as I've alluded to in my playlist here thing or where questions, um, Stone Pilots uh, with Scott Weiland, obviously. Um, I would say probably pre uh, or, actually, or uh, anything after or anything uh, after Tiny Music Songs of the Vatican Gift Shop. Uh, garbage. So it, so if, if I could watch them promoting that album and anything else before it, like Core and Purple, totally on board. Um, Nirvana, obviously, because I never got the chance to see um, Nirvana before. Uh, Kurt, uh, or potentially was murdered. Uh, Allison Chains, Lay Staley with Lane Staley, obviously, because Allison Chains is absolutely incredible. Um, and Smashing Pumpkins, pre Machina. So I'm, I'm talking melancholy and infant sadness and before. And then Pearl Jam, uh, pre no code, because anything after no code sucks. So this is just a complete alternative grunge concert. Yep. Without question, right. man. But it, it's the concert I never got because yeah. uh, I never got to see Alice in Chains, never got to see Nirvana. I only saw Stone Pilots once before Scott went to rehab because uh, he went to rehab multiple times. Never saw Smashing Pumpkins, and I've never seen Pearl Jam either. I saw Zwan. That was enough. I did not want to see it. <laughs> so so it, it's funny. Was it Smashing I, Pumpkins? Was that the... Is that, was that what was going to piss us off? Or piss that's what off? I thought. Yeah, I thought, I thought you guys oh, were going to be pissed. I... I I understand why people like Smashing Pumpkins. I just I don't love his voice. Although like some of the hits, I can I can stomach them. It's it's fine. That's fair. No worries. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. I go to be... that concert with you. Oh hell yeah, it'd be a good show, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. I thought no. Siamese, Siamese Dream is a great album. It is. It um. Like I'm not against Smashing Pumpkins. I I think that I'm against just... Billy Corgan. Fair. I can respect <laughs> that. I just think anything they've done past Machina has just been absolute garbage. Give me Gish. Give me uh, Siamese Dream. That made it worse. That literally made it wilder. <laughs> that totally made it worse. Yeah, that was my wife singing. <laughs> Please never do that did, again. Yeah, your yeah, your mic got really loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. <laughs> That's fine. I put featuring featuring Big Shakuna and Ann. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go karaoke and let's do it. <laughs> All right, are we okay, ready for we get, we weekly time. rewind? Yeah, I don't want to play the tracks. If you want me to put them in post, no, that's I will, fine. We'll just I'll go. Already been going a long time. Weekly we'll, we'll, we'll rewind. All right, so I've got six tracks. I thought were good this week. I'll go fast. Fast. So this band had smashed. Had a song called "Inflame the Light" with some forty one and Bad Religion on it. Ooh. The uh, Dashboard Confessional dropped one of their singles from the new album, Burning Heart. So good I job, didn't Chris. see that. What the hell? It's not bad. I'm excited to actually hear the rest of the album, but that song's all right. Same. Uh, the Main dropped a song featuring Adam Lazara from Take It Back Sunday and Charlotte Sands. The song's I called had, Loved You a Little. That's a I had that one song. on mine. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, uh-huh. Grimes dropped a song called Shinigami Eyes. I actually kind of <sighs> like it. I, I go back and forth on Grimes. I can't tell. I hate Grimes, but that's be- because I also don't like Elon Musk either. But anyways, go on. So my next one is a band or an artist I don't actually like, but I do like the featured artist. And it made me listen to the song and I liked it. It's Charlie XCX, but the the feature artist is Rina Sawayana. 
mm-hmm. Sayawama, and I really like her. And the song's called Beg for You, and it's pretty good. I think mostly because of Rena. Dope. And I, then actually, I actually like Charlie XCX. I think she's got uh, her her last album was really really good. If you want to give it a listen, I'll give it a try again. Right I think ahead. I've heard singles and wasn't super blown away. Fair. And then finally, because I'm really excited about the new album coming out, I found uh, Block Party's new song, The Girls Are Fighting. Very excited for a new Block Party. Block Party's so good. And those were the songs I jammed this week. Josh, you got any? All right, yeah. Uh, so I had the I had the main Taking Back Sunday Charlotte Sands song as well. Although I wish, I felt like that song was like, the main was the lead artist. It and is. Adam was just kind of doing a little bit of stuff. I was it's like, the main let's, song. Let's, let's, let's flip those. <laughs> let's have Adam sing more stuff. But it's okay. Um, there was a bunch of new synthwave stuff. Mitch Murder, Moonrunner 83, and Dread Bishop all had new stuff. Um, Twin Temple dropped a single to go along with their tour with Ghosts. Let's have a satanic orgy. Hot. Love it. Uh, Billy, Talent, out. Billy Talent keeps dropping singles for their, their album Crisis of Faith. That already came Which, out. Oh, did week. it come out? Oh, well, fuck I mean, me. they, I, hey, they, we don't know. I don't know shit. <laughs> we hadn't said I don't know shit yet this episode, and there it is. Um, Wait, what was that Twin Temple song name? Let's have a satanic orgy. Oh, I found it. Cool. I'm adding it to my list to check out. Um, I thought it was very funny that uh, Halsey dropped a more, a more like punky version of Nightmare, like three days after former critics performed a punky version of Nightmare at a at a show. They copied mm-hmm. you guys. Um, yep. She's she's obviously got us bugged. Um, and then uh I found this uh melodic post hardcore band called Set Your Sales from Germany with a lady lead singer. And Ooh. I like them. And the reason I found them is because Mike Perez from No Bragging Rights did a duet with her of the song Shallow from A Star is Born. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what I got for this week. What about you, Big Shakuna? Do you got what are you uh what's what's new on your playlist right now? Uh nothing. <laughs> or, or nothing is fine. Too, I said yeah. you didn't have to bring anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. My, my bad. I, I must have missed that. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. I was no, prepared for everything said, else. The first thing it says is not required. I'm oh, not, like okay. on the note that, he sent you. So you're that's totally probably good. the reason why I skipped over it. Yeah. But just so you know, Jeremy. Yeah. Um Josh here is in a band former critics, and they play they're from Detroit. Oh, nice! So once the world's better, you should come to a show. I out. will. You, you know, once you the know, world's Jonah, better. Once the panorama's over, we should totally go and like hit up a karaoke bar or something like that. I, I think we could. Uh, yeah. I think we get uh, nice and toasty and have have some fun uh, chit chat and bullshit about music. The three of us should do a karaoke night and just take it over and do only pop punk and emo songs. Oh my fucking god! But awesome. then I won't be able to do "Kiss from a Rose" or "Gangsters Paradise." All right, we'll do some hip hop '90s too. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> And then we'll and then we'll all we'll all hop in a car and drive out to Utah and why? see our waffle guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, why? Why are we going to Utah for? I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's Chris is there. Yeah, okay. seeing Chris is probably the only reason I'd ever go to Utah. Exactly. So. Same. Oh, but also Stu just from there too. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I think you're gonna I like Stu. I don't think I realize that. Or yeah. two weeks from now. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, you you can determine if he if you like him or hate him. I'm sure. Uh, there's there's enough. Uh, the cross pollination I'm already witnessing it tells me that I think I would like him. So he he's a good dude, honestly. Uh, he's I think he's gonna have a little bit more of a different musical taste than you guys might. Uh, he I think he leans a little bit more towards the uh, like classic garage. Rock. Yeah, yeah, classic rock, garage rock sort of stuff. Uh, but no, he's a he's a solid guy, really really cool dude, and uh, I'm actually very excited to listen to that episode when you guys talk to him. 
So yeah, the next two episodes I planned out without telling Josh. Um, so this is a good surprise for him right now. Hey. The next episode is called Crazy in Love, because last year we did a heartbreak mixtape. This year we're doing a love mixtape. Cool. Just Crazy in Love is the name of the mixtape, so get crazy with it. Not all Beyonce, but... Oh, it's Beyonce. And then the week after, we have our buddy coming on to do Black Keys El Camino. And that's all we've got planned so far. But very excited. Except for at the end of the month, I'm forcing you to do uh, what was it? I really want to do the new Avril Lavigne, and you're going to do it when it drops. Good luck. It's going to be great. Good luck. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Beside Ourselves. Wait a second, sir. Our guest needs an opportunity to plug his shit. Oh, I thought oh, you were gonna do that at the end. That's fine. No, he yeah, he know he was ending the show. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, what's going on here, guys? I'll cut this out, Dan. You're good. <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> Big Shakuna, right. tell us uh, what what you got going on and where everyone can find you. Yeah, right on. Uh, so I'm at the Big Shakuna on everything. T H E B I G S H A K U N A. For those of you who are listening on the audio version, not watching the video version of this, uh, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Also on uh, TikTok and Twitch, uh, primarily speaking, I, I usually am on Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch the most. Uh, if you like me watching, uh, playing video games, and badly, might I add, uh, with some random dumb commentary, feel free to come by and watch me on Twitch. I stream on Wednesdays and Fridays starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so come on by, have some fun with that. Uh, and then, yeah, follow my garbage content on TikTok. I make a bunch of it all the time. And uh, it's mainly about my record collection. But uh Thanks, thanks, guys, for having me on. Honestly, this is no problem. This is great. I, I literally was walking. I thought I was walking into a minefield of this album, and it sounds to me like we may have. I think, I think some of you. I, I, I can see, I can see faces. I don't try and hide it. I think secretly you might like a few of these songs on on that album. I, I secretly think, I think, <laughs> I secretly think you do. I'm gonna go with tolerate. <laughs> I'll accept tolerate. I'm good with tolerate. Um. But no, I'm, I'm I'm glad that we could uh, we could talk about some shitty '90s pop and uh, and even find some some love in it. So that's always a uh, it was a great time, seriously. And uh, thanks. All right, yeah, well, well have you. me back, but you just have to have a better album next time. I w- hey, listen, <laughs> you you had three choices. You picked the worst one. You know what? That's, I eventually do want to do Jimmy World's. Yeah, future. let's do futures with. with oh my god! Yeah, let's. Yeah. Oh my god! I will gush about futures all fucking day. Let's go, yes, boys. We'll have you on when let's we go. do that episode. Yeah, let's Perfect. go. Perfect. Let's go. All right, thank you for listening to another episode of Beside Ourselves. It's time to flip the record over. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by Former Critics. <laughs>